It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with the meh, Ryan and Jules. Welcome to the Unbreakable TV Chinwag. It's episode 38. I'm here pantsless on a Sunday morning. I'm steering the ship today because my co-host Ryan Curtis is so busy making movies and TV, he's hardly got time to think and talk about them. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, afternoon. Is it afternoon? <laughs> what time is it? What day is it? How much time do I have left? How many days do I have? What day today is this? <laughs> uh, it's. I think it's Saturday where you are. It's probably late afternoon. It is, in fact. It's quarter to 5 p.m. I'm on my second beer. I am pant full and absolutely enjoying the spring weather. We we set the clocks forward tomorrow. Have you guys done your clocks? No, um, ours don't go till the end of March, so we, we ah. sp- so we get a longer um, longer summer. Gotcha. Yeah, we, we do it tomorrow. So tomorrow at this time, it'll be 5.45, and that will be lovely. I like it when it stays light. Later, because it seems like you can just do so much more. I agree. I'm a I'm a I'm a great fan of the old daylight saving, because uh, yeah. it feels like you don't you're not trapped in a cave all day at work yeah. and come home in the yeah. dark. Um, yes. Speaking of being trapped in a cave and working, uh, what are you working on at the moment, Ryan? You got a few projects, a few balls in the air, or oh yeah, because I thought you know what I need more of instead of just doing a. Uh, uh, a, a podcast uh, once a week reviewing TV shows. <laughs> I should start doing other things. So, uh, and besides <sighs> making a TV show, which of course right. su- supernatural, and you're sort of at the business end of the season, aren't you? Yeah, and so that's usually only five days a week. So why not move to seven days a week on that, <laughs> and give yourself so much time to also make another another thing. Because uh, I know that time uh, that schedules get very tight as you get towards the end of the season, and you're basically, you know, about to, you know, you're photoshopping things or whatever magic it is you do as 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 the yeah. tape goes we, out we to broadcast. We use we use Microsoft Paint. <laughs> my, my MS Paint uh, yeah. never never let me down yet. So you're uh, you're basically scribbling on the on the uh, film with crayons as it goes to broadcast at this time of year. Um, so you thought. Well, why not? Why not make a movie as well? Yeah, and I'm actually laughing right now because my artist, who's doing the movie poster, just sent me a picture. I said, "Try and find a good uh, a good font to use." And Sherry, who's doing the thing, sent it back. She's like, "Dude, I found it. Have you ever heard of Comic Sans? It's the perfect <laughs> font." <laughs> Very funny, Sherry. Very funny. <laughs> Hey, I think it, I think it's time that we reclaimed Comic Sans. Uh, absolutely, Not. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am shooting a short film. It's a uh, a short film that is a comedy slash drama that deals about a professional wrestler who is struggling with undiagnosed depression. And although it sounds really depressing, it's not. It's uh, it's a little bit more fun than that. And um, and what's it we called? Start filming it uh, next week. It's called The Weirdo Hero. And uh, you can help us raise some money to make the film if you go to uh, our website, theweirdohero.com. Um, we sure could use some donations because, I mean, we are doing this 
a shoestring looks generous from where we're sitting. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to make it for under $10,000, and it's Woo. about a 30-minute movie, so we're not even close to 10000 at this point. So we still have a long ways to go, but uh, you know what? It's, uh, it's not bad, and uh, looks like we're going to be able to do it, and just be great if we could offer all these people that are donating their time a little bit of money, because... Uh, I think we have probably 15 professionals that are donating their time. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And world-class filmmakers. I mean, quite honestly, the you know my DP just got back from the Arctic where he was shooting a, a documentary. My camera op just came back from Barcelona where he was shooting a commercial. Um, you know, I have some really awesome people who are donating their time to this project. So it would be great if we could earn some money and do their work justice and uh, and make sure it gets out there. You know, it's 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 kind of a a message that we're trying to get out there. It's to destigmatize mental health. Um, you know, our our main character is uh, a professional wrestler. He, he does this in his real life. He has to be playing a professional wrestler at all. But what we want to do is take the stigma away from people looking down or being afraid or embarrassed to admit that they have mental health issues. Um, even the biggest, toughest, most physically fit men can suffer these things. Yeah, know, I um, think that I think that's one of the um, preconceptions people have that. Uh, uh, you know, because someone looks successful in whatever way in their job or their relationships or whatever, you don't you don't know what's going on behind behind the scenes, and that can be hard. You know, as you said, particularly when it's undiagnosed, you might just think, you know, life is shit and it's meant to be that way. Uh, and yeah, I think it's important. And and as with everything, to see a range of people in these situations. Um, so as you said, that it really can be. It can be anyone. It can be anyone, yeah, and and there's no shame in it. Um, and and to look out for the signs, you know, head injuries they talk about uh, are a huge cause for, or they think are linked to high suicide rates and depression rates. Mm. Well, people like professional wrestlers or hockey players or football players or rugby uh, players, they're going to have a lot of head injury, and and those, you know, those are things to look out for. Um, you know, I, I did an interview today, a, a print interview, and they asked, you know, what are you trying to get out of this? And I would like people to watch it and for someone to say, hey, that's that's just like me. Yeah. The way that guy's acting, that's that's the way I act. Maybe I need to take a closer look at my own mental health issues. Um, you know, shed some light on it. You know, it's a strong anti-suicide message. So if, if even just one person, we can change their mind about committing suicide, then... That would yeah, be that pretty amazing. That, time that yeah. we've all put in there is is worth someone's life, absolutely. So, so that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm busy, and that's why I apologize. I haven't watched four complete series of television shows <laughs> in the last week. <laughs> well, I don't. I still don't think you get a pass, but you know, because you don't need sleep. Um, luckily, luckily, I got somebody to pick up the slack. <laughs> yes, luckily you've got me. Everyone says that. Everyone should have a jewels in their life. Um, (laughs) or not. (laughs) So we're uh, going to talk about a couple of, well, a couple of comedies that have a a little dark thread running in them. Uh, But we'll also talk, we're also going to revisit some shows that we reviewed last year that are back again and that uh, when you have time, and I have plenty of time, of course, uh, we're watching and enjoying and a bit of news about 
what's gone, what's coming and what to look forward to. So I wanted to start with some news. First of all, some sad news in terms of cancellations. A show we reviewed last year, Canadian series Strange Empire, um, will not be returning for a second season. Um, probably not hugely surprising. It had had sort of low viewership and it hadn't obviously made any international sales. Uh, This was a female-centred Western with threads of magic realism in it, set in the, I think it was the 1870s, really unique show and I absolutely, absolutely adored it. Um, But, you know, it needed to get out there, you know, either to other countries or other platforms, I think, obviously, to to warrant the making of second season. So um, it's sad that it hasn't got continued because it was quite unique television. Yeah, um, it is sad. I know somebody whom I can't name that worked on it, and they said it was cool, man. Like, they they were trying to do some really big things with a really small budget. Yeah. And I think that makes it sadder as well. I mean, heart and soul gone into that sort of thing and people really scraping to, to make it happen and then it doesn't. It's, and it looked... It's a bit disappointing. It, it both... Uh, it was ambitious in its look. Uh, it was very cinematic in its look. Um, but ambitious in its concept as well. And I think, uh, you know, this is how we move and advance in our storytelling is by having these shows. And um, I'm... We probably should probably should do a podcast one day of uh, shows that were ahead of their time, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, shows that just didn't find a place in the schedule of the time. And I think this is one of those shows, you know, and people will look back on and say, wow, if only that had have had, you know, a couple more seasons because that was doing something that um, uh, was opening up a new a new new type of storytelling. So very sad. Yeah, and uh, we talked. We talked. Geez, I think it was the beginning of this season of TV Chinwag about some great shows that were coming out on CBC. Um, uh, I think Ascension was one of them. Yes, is that CBC. Or yep. is that, um Book of Negroes was another yep. one, which I don't know that you've seen yet. I have haven't you? seen yet. It's on my roster. Um, yeah, it's 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 quite good. I watched it and. Um, this was one of them, uh, you know, a few other ones. Up Shits, Shits Creek? Yes. Was that one? Yeah, that was. Um, so some really cool stuff, and uh, it's great to see them taking chances. It's great to see them spending some money. But it would be great if when they're doing these things, you know, they put them on air in Canada and also put them on Netflix. Because yeah. here we are talking to, I mean, mainly an American audience, I think, our listeners. So it's it would be amazing if we could say, hey, guys, go and check this out on Netflix, and they go and see it. Well, I know in, I, I have an American yeah. friend who managed through ways to watch Strange Empire, ways and means to watch Strange Empire, and she was a huge, um, huge fan of it. Um, but, of right. course, you know, you, and she actually writes for a an actual magazine about television, mm-hmm. um, you know, but she couldn't pimp it out because people couldn't watch no. it. And, you know, that's yeah. – I know the economics of, of TV making in countries like Canada and Australia, um, uh, you know, they're very different than for, in, in the US um, and, and and these days do require, whether it's international sales or, or sales to a platform like Netflix or Hulu or whatever um, – you know, to keep them going. And it's it's sad, you know, it's great when some shows get picked up and, and find a new life. But, you know, rather than 
season 15 of Community on Yahoo, I would have rather seen season two of uh, of Strange Empire because it really is doing something. It was doing something very different and and telling a different story. I mean, it was telling a story that um, you know hasn't been seen on TV. It was set in 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 you know Canada uh, in the 1870s and was telling a story you know, as fictionalised as it was about, right. you know, yeah. the Indigenous people in the area, about the, the 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 people who were, you know, trying to look to make a life uh, in this area, about particularly the story of the women at this time. And, um, you know, that's sad when it cuts it cuts out the telling of stories that we, we just aren't hearing. So, um, goodbye, Strange Empire. Uh Kudos to everyone involved because um, I, I think you could see the, the the passion and the the huge creativity involved with it. Um, so I hope you all go on to amazing things, and uh, we will remember Strange Empire. Absolutely, and who knows? Maybe it gets a second life on some streaming service, but I, I'm not expecting that it would. Uh, hopefully, CBC can get it together and get the stuff uh, for international audiences because there's good stuff to be seen. And, you know, vice versa for Australia. I'd love to see Australian-made uh, programs if there's anything good. Well, uh, it, it is, it's interesting. There's no, there's no reason. Other, the only thing that holds this back are advertisers and um, distribution rights and all this legal yes. bullshit. There's no re- Oh, God, we're not going to get into... <laughs> 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 Never mind. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's interesting. I was, I was going to mention... Uh, Look, you know, the, it's very difficult here in Australia for original, um, for scripted drama, and and we've seen that drop off huge amounts in the in, in over the last two decades. Um, but there are a few shows getting made, and it's really amazing the number of them that have been picked up and remade in the US. So um, recently, we've had, so I think it was a year or two ago, Rake, which was a, a huge flop in the US, but it had been uh, a big success starring. David Wenham, which who people will know from um, the Lord of the Rings movies, that was a lawyer show in Australia. Um, there was also The Slap, which is based on a best-selling Australian novel and was a huge successful miniseries here, which is currently showing on NBC. There's another um, sort of short series miniseries called Secrets and Lies, uh, which is a sort of a, a murder whodunit thing, which has been remade and, and showing in the US at the moment. So it's really interesting that they're picking, you know, stories are being picked up. But, you know, as I always say, it's, it's sad when that happens in terms of I think it deprives Americans of, of actually seeing a story set in another country. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I really think there's a, uh, you know, that you lose something in the translation and we've seen many, many examples of remakes being unsuccessful. But I think, you know, it, it deprives American viewers of actually getting a glimpse of what, shows from other countries alike and you know i think i'm really lucky that i get to watch shows from all around the world um and in fact recently there's just about to start is a remake of the french uh, french series Le revenant which has been remade by um carlton cues uh of um bates motel and lost and apparently it's like uh it's a french series and that's apparently been made sort of you know remade shot by shot for American TV and apparently just 
you know, sort of totally misses the boat in terms of translating the, the French series to for American audiences. And it's like, eh, it's just, yeah, I think it's a bit sad. And I understand all the business model and that, but I think there's also an underestimating of audiences and, and, and a cheating of American audiences in getting to see glimpses into other countries. Pretty sure the accents aren't an issue, as, as I often get. And if get. they are, just watch more and they'll disappear. I often hear that um, people often say, oh, it's because of the accents. It's like, come on, it's not like America is a country of one accent. <laughs> No. You all. No, exactly. um, anyway, that's my little soapbox. Um, I, it would have been wonderful. I hope at least Strange Empire does get picked up by um, Netflix or someone just to show the first se- se- season. So because I still think it's it's worth watching. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, other shows coming back. One of which. Again, is a show that's a bit different, which I am glad has got a second season, is Red Road, starring uh, Jason Momoa, which you and I both love. Yes. And that's that's about to, that's coming back in April, so the second season of that. Again, a show that's a bit different um, and telling a different story and uh, very glad that that's got a, another season. I know it's a real passion project. Um, I heard uh, Jason Momoa talk about it when he was out here in Australia last year and he's very passionate about it. Um, and it was a great show. <laughs> I, I liked it a lot, yeah. yeah. I'm actually really, out of all the shows, I'm, I'm really looking forward to coming back. That one's definitely near the top. In fact, I think it made my top ten of last year. Yeah, show, so. so it's set in a small town in, I think it's upstate New York, uh, which intersects with a Native American sort of reservation, and it's it's about the relationships between between the people in the area. There's murder mysteries. Jason Momoa takes his shirt off a couple of times, if that's going to um, mm. encourage you to watch. Uh, a really hot redhead. <laughs> there's a really hot redhead in it, if that's going to mm-hmm. encourage you to watch. So there's something for everyone <laughs> and great acting um, mm-hmm. and, and great storytelling. So looking forward mm-hmm. to that coming back. A few other things coming back. Uh, next season of Louis C.K., Outlander, which I think you and I watched a couple of episodes of and yeah. reviewed last year. Game of Thrones, yeah. of course, do, do, mm-hmm. do, 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 do. which I'm excited for because it looks like they're really now starting to diverge from the books quite significantly from the little snippets I've saw, seen, which as someone who's mm-hmm. read the books um, makes it feel like I'm getting a bonus because I'm getting a story yeah. I didn't read in the books. Um, Daredevil, made by someone you and I both admire, Stephen Denight. Mm-hmm. Is com- Looking forward to seeing that in April. Yes, and that's coming to mm-hmm. Netflix. So that's the superhero Daredevil. Uh, Funny, I'm 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 in, I'm interested to see it because Stephen Tonight did it, not because I give a shit about Daredevil no, yeah. or the comic book or anything. <laughs> yeah, if anyone else was making it, I'd be like, you know, seriously, I am getting to. Um, uh, superhero um, overload at the moment, yeah. and, and in fact, it is yeah. becoming a trigger for like, oh, there's a, there's a new show and it's about a superhero. It's like, yeah, it could care less. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, can't imagine what story you're going to tell that's going to um, engage me differently than already the shows. I'm still watching Arrow. Uh, keep, yeah. I dip into Gotham occasionally, um, but you know, I I can't imagine what. It would show, except I know Stephen tonight is an amazing storyteller, an amazing um, filmmaker, and he will do something that surprises us, I think. so. Oh, I think you're right. Um, I will certainly be tuning in for that. And a couple of other favourites coming back. Silicon Valley back in April. Yay. 
<laughs> made our top ten, I think. Yes, definitely made our top ten. Look, it would have made our top, my top ten just based on the dick joke in the final episode, <laughs> which is a big call, I know, uh, since yeah. being supplanted by Tanaka. <laughs> I have a thing about penis jokes, obviously, which is sort of slightly disturbing to me. Somebody else on Twitter was Tanaka-ing you. Yes, oh yes. Well, it sort of does intersect with my well-known love of tentacles. Uh, (laughs) Now apparently tentacled penis monsters. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) And to the people who make uh, Man Seeking Woman still waiting for the T-shirt. Please, I want the Tanaka Mm -hmm. T-shirt. And Orphan Black, that's also back in April, so really looking forward. Which I really need to get caught up on. I I would recommend you do that when you've got time. I I mean, I haven't even, here's how terrible I am, I haven't even watched uh, the second season yet. Well, you've got all that joy to come. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) What else have we been watching? Um, I want to oh, – well, let's talk about um, some shows that have come back that you and I love. Episodes. Yeah, love it. So Episodes is a, is a half-hour sitcom about uh, two English writers who get courted to come to LA to recreate their award-winning English comedy on American television and, of course, things go terribly awry and it gets Americanized, and it ends up starring um, – uh, I've gone blank, no. Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. I wanted to call him Joey. Matt LeBlanc. Mm-hmm. And we're in the third season now. Uh, third or fourth? Third or fourth? Third? Oh, something like that. Uh, um, God, this this show is so so <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> Look, I think for anyone who with an interest, <laughs> let alone working in television, but also just yeah. the, the it's or writing or, or, writing or, or anything or English <laughs> English shows <laughs> or Matt LeBlanc actually. Um, it, it's, and Matt LeBlanc is playing Matt LeBlanc in the show, which, you yeah. know, satisfies my need for meta and fourth wall breaking. Uh, look, the characters right. are wonderful. Uh, yeah. The, yeah it, it, there are laugh out loud moments in, in every episode. Oh, God, um, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a real nice little treat um, to, to get into. Very, very funny. Um, and it's very easy to watch. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's simple. It's certainly not simple. There's complex stuff to it. But it's really, it's not going to take anything from you when you watch it. Um, I've been downloading House of Lies at the exact no. same day. I've only watched one episode okay. of House of Lies this season just because it's a little bit heavier. Yes. You know, like it's like having a Guinness when all you really just want is a, a nice beer. <laughs> yes. Um, good, good metaphor. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but uh, but episodes is just so funny and it's it's it so goddamn clever. It's um, yeah, uh, the characters are that are across the board. There's some really amazing actors in this, and I think that often gets overlooked in what you might class as light comedies. Um, comedy is never easy, and pulling off comedy like this, which relies you know very heavily on the on on the characters, it's not all joke-based sort of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just some yeah, some incredible performances in this. Um, uh, the, the current, there's a current storyline which has Matt LeBlanc fronting a, a reality game show, which is so close to what could actually happen in real life. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, definitely recommend that. I am up to date with House of Lies. Um 
it's been a little bit slower, I think, this this season, um, but still thoroughly enjoying that and discovered this week's episode, this week's episode that, um, yes, apparently I find um, uh, Kristen Bell, pregnant Kristen Bell farting really sexy, but that's another story. Ew, <laughs> you're also tentacle monster. You're weird. <laughs> and Kristen Bell is heavily, heavily pregnant during this season, uh, as is her character. Um, uh. And that sort of adds to because her character in the show does, hasn't changed, and so she's actually mm-hmm. still smacking down people, literally sometimes. Uh, mm. But again, I think that's a, a hugely clever and hugely underrated uh, uh, comedy out there. Mm-hmm. I think episodes is one of the most underrated comedies out there. Mm. I, th- I think people see Matt LeBlanc and they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to watch that." Which is half the joke of of the. The, Which is the half joke the joke of the because actual he, series. he plays such an obnoxious actor. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I thought I think this season has just been bloody genius myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you and I have, because we're really smart, picked up on some of yeah. these oh, comedies yeah. that um, yeah. are different. They're not your modern family type sitcoms. And uh, it, it's, it stuns me that something like episodes or, you know, or House of Lies have, uh, are not award-winning uh, shows and things like you know Big Bang Theory or, or Modern Family are um, mm-hmm. because I just think they're, they're streets above uh, you know, those other shows which really feel like they've come out of a 50s time capsule. Um, yes. Another one which, of course, is still <laughs> is still huge favourite of mine is Broad City, which really is genius on the screen and I don't think anyone could ever recreate anything close to its amazingness. Um, Broad City is, is is one of the few shows that I laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, episodes I do usually once an episode or so. Um, Broad City I do, <laughs> men seeking women I do. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's pretty much it for actually like laughing out loud. Where my wife is like, "What are you laughing about?" <laughs> you weirdo. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. I think the girls on it are so funny and so smart, and just the I, it's it, it's a lot of fart comedy, <laughs> fart and dick jokes, but they do it very well. well <laughs> a lot of poop humor, but it's done very well. Well, I think that I mean. Some of the, it's an excellent example, as you say, like I, you know, tentacled penis monsters. I have pretty, you know, um, as one might say, broad and low taste in humour. Um, but you can do that in ways that amuses me. And then you can do what a lot of the sort of, oh, I don't know, hangover movie type three uh, three and a half, what is it, two and a half men type shows do, which I find yeah. Utterly un, totally unfunny, but this, this, this is so. I don't even know how you describe Broad City. I just joyous is the only word I can come up with. It's just <laughs> these the the characters have such a, a joy in life, even though their lives are pretty much a disaster. Um, yeah, it's observational humor taken to the absurdest level, um, which is something that Man Seeking Woman is doing literally as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's what I like about it. it, it it's it's put, it's not just setting, it's not just scene set up for a joke move on it, it uh they're long play jokes as well which i think is something we we don't often see done to this level 
not just a running joke, but something that becomes more and more absurd and ridiculous as the episode goes on. Mm. Um, and seriously, if you yeah, watch Broad City, uh, it will it will I guarantee. And you you can jump in anywhere. You don't need to watch it in order. Um, you know, no. you, you'll work out who's who. You know, pretty quickly. Um, so just just get on get on and watch it because it will make your life better. <laughs> That's Comedy Central, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Comedy yes. Central, yeah. And I think... Uh, very, yeah, very very smart, very clever, um, great show. Uh, and the other show that's... Are you up to date with The Walking Dead? I am. Are you up to date with Portlandia? Not up to date with Portlandia. Portlandia has been, again, fantastic yes. this season. I think they're only at four or five episodes, but um, just... Uh, I mean, next level stuff. I think they've done a little bit of tweaking to the format. Where now they kind of do every episode is more based on this set of characters throughout the whole thing. I don't really remember them doing that except for the finales before. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no. I don't. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you mean. So, which is kind of neat because you kind of get to know the little persona characters yeah. a little bit better, I think, by doing it this way. Um, but man, hasn't missed a beat. Very funny. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's been on a few times, and he's just—I mean, can we admit he's the best? Yes, I think we can. Jeff Goldblum, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, also, very just really great. So there's another show that if you're not watching it, you're missing out on on another level. Uh, def- definitely, and and again, and all the back series are on Netflix. So, and again, you can. You'll get to know the characters over time anyway, but you can just jump in any in at any point. It is such um, an observation. I don't know if it's particular to people living in urban areas of large cities, but um, a lot of it could literally be a documentary of my life, <laughs> um, uh, particularly seeing my best friends own a gay bookshop. Um, but <laughs> and, and, you know, I am the person, you know, queuing up for the latest hipster place to have brunch and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, Portlandia. Um, and again, amazing, amazing performances in there, really. Um, we're, we're talking the, ne- the next level of, of comedic performances. Um, yeah. So we'll just touch briefly on Walking Dead before we get to two new comedies to talk about. Um, what are you thinking of the second half of this season of Walking Dead? I love it. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> yep. Um, it's been great. Oh, I, 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 uh, God. Are we going to say spoiler alert here? Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, by the time this airs, it's going to be a couple episodes back. But um, where I'm at, they just got to the Wee Town and uh, they... You know, Alexandria, I think it's called. Alexandria is the town. Right, like the Library of Alexandria. Yes, there you go. Hopefully it doesn't burn down. Well, it is the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what were you going to say about the t- getting to the town? I'm I'm liking it. I always enjoyed Walking Dead when they were in a place. I liked it when they were in the farmhouse. I know everyone's like, eh, farmhouse. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that sense of safety. A little ha- like little house in the... Zombie apocalypse, I called that yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the rebuilding the society thing. Yeah. That, to me, that's what The Walking Dead is about. It's not about killing zombies. It's about rebuilding society yeah. and 
bringing back those societal norms and, and stuff. what to what, me, what you do at this point definitely because we're we're sort of a cup two or three years post the event um is you know there is no there's you know although there was a brief sort of um there may be a cure sort of uh, plot line earlier this season. Basically, these characters are living in a world where no one's going to rescue them, when it's up to them to work right. out entirely how are you going to live your life when your world has been destroyed? Um, and do you keep, you know, just ever moving? And we've had a number of characters sort of go through long, dark nights of the soul when it's like, you know, what is the point of all this? You know, I'm, it's not like we're going to get back to normal whatever norm you know pre pre-apocalypse life ever um if we're right. going to make something different we got to actually make it ourselves we're not just going to walk into it and we've seen again and again when they have walked into places that look like um you know they were going to offer a way forward they've 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 always had a, a dark underbelly so of course everyone uh our, our feisty crew are suitably uh, uh, suspicious of this place that looks too good to be true and uh, the last episode which sort of was a whole episode of them settling in I actually found incredibly tense because I was just waiting yes, <laughs> you're waiting, waiting for, for the, the other the trap to spring. Sh- shoe to drop and um, mm-hmm. and it hasn't as yet but it's interesting that you know the viewer takes on that suspicion and um, of of the characters of not trusting and uh, not being aware. Whereas, you know, actually, when you look at them, if I was someone in the, living in that town, I'd be shit scared of this group of people that just arrived, armed to the teeth, who haven't showered for eighteen months and look like they're ready yes. to kill you if you say hello. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and you know what? Those, I mean, I don't know anything that's coming, but those the people are in trouble. I mean. Rick and his crew are not the same people they no. were in season one. No, and and they're, they're not good people. No, no, they're they're gonna they've bonded into this group that will do anything to protect that group, and what they think is ethical or moral. That line has moved so far from where it was, you know, each season. That um, yes, uh, I'd 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 be trying to get in on the inside of that group. <laughs> <laughs> leave my group yes. behind. <laughs> I'd be, Big time. <laughs> um, even if it involved giving Rick a haircut. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. No, it's it, it's very good. And uh, yes, I don't know what's coming, and it will be very interesting to see. And yeah, I love. I, I, I'm all for. I, I love the world building or world rebuilding part of apocalyptic dramas, um, uh-huh. more so than. Um, you know, when the event happens, that's pretty, it's like superhero origin stories, you know, they're all variations on a theme of when the shit goes down. The interesting mm-hmm. parts are speculating on how we go on afterwards. Um, and in fact, one of my favourite book series is called, um, by Mira Grant's called Newsflesh, and that looks at the couple of decades after a zombie apocalypse, when the zombies are still around, but People were getting on with their life. There wasn't an apocalypse, but it's changed how everyone lives. And you're still living mm. in a world where these zombies are and how do you – and that they can infect you as well. And so how do you live with that and uh, how does that change society? So in, in the books, things like gathering in, in large groups has become a taboo because – because that's when, you know, if there's an outbreak, you get killed. So that whole idea of being in a big 
public area has has shifted and that's a bad thing. Anyway, um, I love that side of it. Um, so watch The Walking Dead. I had friends ask me last night who'd watched the first season, should they keep watching? And um, I think you should. And it yeah, still has yeah, zombies. Absolutely. If you love zombies, there's still wonderful zombies. And they've got a really nice thing running now, which is sort of an original zombie kill or moment each episode. So it's like a challenge they've taken on. What what new thing can we show you about zombies this week? Um, it might be a new gross way to kill one or it might be zombies who look different, you know, who've been living in a puddle of mud for three years or something. Um, and, yeah. and that satisfies the gross zombie lo- loving person in me. Gross zombie loving person in me. That's me. I have been watching Gold Rush, which just ended. I just watched the finale. I know you don't watch the Beardy Gold Rush. <laughs> so this is um, Beardy Men Finding Gold. It was great. It was great. It was a really great season. Everyone did well. Everyone met their goals. I can't believe Tony Beats got that gold dredge up and running. Was that a moment of high tension? And Parker's, Par- Parker's reveal of the, the additional gold that they got, he says that the last week, I think he was putting it away the whole season. I mean, there's no way somebody could come up with that much gold in the last week. Am I right? I don't know. And what's going to happen with Todd and his claim? It looks like that he's going to get the claim renewed for next year, so that's a good sign. That's, That'll keep the mining in there, but what's the ground like? Am I right? Who knows? Who knows? And of course, do you think that do you think that Parker's going to be able to buy his own land next year? Do you think that's a good idea? I mean, sure, he had to pay Tony fifteen or twenty percent, but at the end of the day, isn't that a lot cheaper than buying your own ground? One would think so, but I suppose it depends what you find in it. Hey, everybody! It's Ryan. Let me just interrupt this conversation that Jules and I were having to tell you that uh, I don't know what happened to the rest of the conversation. It uh, disappeared somewhere. Here we are just having a great chat about different shows, gold, and then all of a sudden, no audio. So, I don't know what happened, but that was a couple weeks ago, and I don't really remember what we talked about. I think it degraded into a conversation about how we didn't actually review two shows in this episode of TV Chinwag, thus breaking our rule of talking about two shows, I guess. It's not really a rule, it's more of a guideline, actually. It's, it's pretty it's pretty lax. We don't uh, you know we don't self police uh, around here. Anyways, so sorry about that. I hope you enjoyed our little chitty chat chinwag that we did have because it's still almost gone forty minutes, so that should be plenty. Hey guys, we're gonna be back in a couple more weeks with another enthralling episode of TV Chinwag. Um, for now, you can. Uh, Please like and listen, and uh, if, the, if you get a chance, uh, hop over to theweirdohero.com and take a look at the movie. We're filming tomorrow, and uh, I'm filming on the weekend, next weekend, so it's still going strong, and it was a lot of fun. We filmed last weekend. It was a really good time, so go to The Weirdo Hero and check out some of the pictures. If you can donate and you are so inclined, that would be balls as well. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Tune in next week when we'll be, obviously, you know, a lot more professional than this. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. 
For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag. <laughs>